2: People is joining me. It's comedian Dave Anthony and we're going to talk about how we're all doomed and nothing is worthwhile. My name is Justin Hamilton and I'll be your shining light through the darkness here on Big Squid. Welcome to the show. It's great to have your company, especially for this great chat with Dave Anthony, who is, of course, a comedian and co-host of the brilliant podcast, The Dollop. Uh, No point in giving it a plug. I reckon if you're listening to this podcast, you're already across Dave's work. So uh, there you go. But this is great. It's not all doom and gloom. It's mostly all doom and gloom, but we talk about some other things as well that might take you by surprise. But anyway, you're up for uh, a really fun time, and Dave is so interesting. So I hope you enjoy today's podcast. Uh, Before we get into it, thank you so much for your fantastic feedback on the Brett Morgan interview. It seems like you not only loved hearing him talk about his new David Bowie film, but a lot of you are keen to check out Moon Age Daydream. And as I said on that podcast... If you're keen to see it, get to the cinema because it is mixed for a proper surround sound. Uh, The cinematic experience of it just in your face and enveloping you is unlike anything I've really experienced with a uh, documentary of this scale. And of course, because I love Bowie, Uh, you know, like, I've got to be honest, like, if I didn't like it, I I would have said so. It's not like everything that's produced about Bowie I'm into, but this was everything that I hoped it would be. So, I think you'll be in for a really good time. The part of the doco where it hits uh, the era where he's addicted to cocaine, (laughs) you will probably feel like you've just spent 10 minutes snorting gear off a toilet seat with someone talking at you at 100 miles per hour it's amazing but uh it's great the whole movie is great and uh, if you see it because uh, it uh, opens uh this week uh let me know what you thought of it at the big squid facebook page once again just let me know if you liked it if you didn't like it just keep that to yourself <laughs> Uh, A bit of housekeeping before we launch into the podcast. Uh, We've had a change in the lineup for the live Big Squid recording in Adelaide on the 16th of September. Unfortunately, Will Anderson will not be making it. But I have uh, gone all the way back to Triple J to find a replacement for him. And that is the indomitable Adam Spencer. Adam is going to be joining Rove, Tom Gleeson, Georgia Mooney, Limo, Mickey D, Ben Elwood and Adam Richard. And we are going to be discussing all the stuff that influenced us as kids and made us into the uh, creative people that we are today. So it's a real celebration of art and entertainment. There's still a handful of tickets left. So head to adelaidecomedy.com for more details. And when you buy your tickets, don't forget to use the code Squid all lowercase one word that's for all my big squid listeners so you can score yourself a discount so make sure you use that uh, when you sign up for the big squid patreon you have an episode dedicated to you and this week's shout out goes to Lachlan Hull-Brown thanks for being a part of the big squid community Lachlan I really appreciate the support and I hope you enjoy this interview with Dave i I feel very confident that you will because Dave's great. And uh, thank you so much for being a part of everything. You know, you help uh, grease the wheels that um, get this podcast up and running. So, uh, thank you to you and to all of the Patreon subscribers. Uh, Look, if you'd like an episode dedicated to you as well uh, and also have access to bonus material like scripts, podcasts, all sorts of things, uh, you can also get... Uh, super duper discounts for live shows as well So when you're a Patreon subscriber You get a, a different discount code Which is different to the normal Big Squid listener uh, codes that you get So if you think that you would like to be a part of that Head to patreon.com forward slash Hamilton underscore big squid And you will find a tier that suits you Okay, I'll swing by at the end of the podcast To let you know what is happening next week But now let's bring in Dave Anthony. I've been feeling pretty good recently. I've felt pretty uh, optimistic. I have felt creatively buzzed, and sometimes you need to level that shit out. And I thought there's only one way to do that. (laughs) 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 I don't want to get too ahead
1: of myself, Dave. (laughs) And I I need to talk to you. (laughs) Uh, When you started saying that, I was like, "What? Am I on the wrong podcast? Why?" (laughs) <laughs> who is this? What's happening? What is going on? Who does? I didn't. Who's optimistic yeah. today? The only people who are optimistic today have have general mental issues where they're delusional. Well, that's
2: exactly why I'm calling you to make sure that uh, at the end of it, because <laughs> I'd rather hear it from you than hear it from someone out on the street. I don't want someone who's screaming at their imaginary friend to look over at me and gone. Yep. You have obviously gone insane. Yeah, that's right. So. Uh so I have a few topics for you. I don't know if you have been following Australian politics because you have your own politics to be consumed by. But I mean,
1: I I know what ScoMo did. Yes. I didn't see the press conference, which is supposed to be amazing, amazing. but um, I know what he did. I just watched Australians on Twitter talking about the press conference, and I was like, wow, this sounds incredible.
2: Right, yes. Uh, for anyone overseas who is uh, not across it, it turned out that uh, our ex-Prime Minister, while he was uh, in the big chair, uh, took over five ministerial roles without telling anyone, <laughs> <laughs> and, and and has just been discussing it like, you know... Yeah, yeah, I made an apple pie and I just thought I'd surprise everyone with it. But then people didn't want apple pie and so, you know, I just put it in the fridge and, you know, I ate it on my own. And it's it's crazy because the reason I want to bring it up with you is this: I always worry that even though Australia likes to pride itself on being very individualistic, this feels Trumpian to me. And I feel like there's been all these little lessons
1: taken. Well i would actually say it's a little bit different than trumpian i would call it more bush i this very much feels like christ put me in this position and so i can do what i want because it's okay by christ actually wants me to run everything you know what i mean whereas trump is just just pure narcissistic madness this feels this feels religious. to Yes, me. like it's that religious mindset of I, I I'm here because of God. God, God put me here as prime minister, so I get to do whatever I want. Yeah,
2: it's is definitively that. You know, uh, Scott is uh, mad for talking to, you know, the Big G yep. in his special little language, yep. and uh, also has always been, <laughs> always been slightly uh, out of touch with everything because. There's the story about on the day of the election, uh, he, he was in a plane with his wife and you know his close friends and that, and they were all singing Bon Jovi's "Living on a Prayer." And so when <laughs> when he lost the election, he was like, "How did this happen? Jesus told me this was going to happen." Did sorry, did I did I read the text message from God incorrectly? What what's what's more terrifying to you, a, a narcissistic person in charge, or someone who was fueled by the righteous? Word of God,
1: a hundred percent the religious yeah. one is far more terrifying because they have this book, and in that book yep. there is a written ending that's horrifying, yeah. and they're fine with yeah. it. Yeah,
2: yeah, that's my feeling as well. And he
1: is particularly from, he is particularly from a very crazy, you know, sect. He is from a lunatic religious sect. Um, I've read about his, you know, church and all that, and he's out of his fucking oh, mind. Yeah. They're they're out of their minds so yeah that's more scary to me and that they don't have a they don't have a concern about the end of the world and dying, whereas at least Trump has a survival mechanism that kicks in. But the that type of religious person is like, well, is it the, is it the apocalypse? Right.
2: Oh yeah, yeah, they're excited. <laughs> well, we, we got to the end of the book. This is great. They're they're treating they're treating the world like the the last few episodes of Better Call Saul. Well, it's been great, and I would have that's, been happy that's... with another six seasons. But I'm going to see how it ends, and let's see them stick the landing.
1: Oh God, yeah, yeah, hundred yeah. percent. I still haven't seen it, so don't don't spoil
2: it. I'm going to stop uh, myself from weeping with joy in front of you, though. That was very happy. (laughs) Uh, How old were you when you had your first inkling that religion was not for you? Was this uh, something that you were brought up to believe? Because my mum's a a card-carrying, militant atheist, so it was embedded in me in a very young age. Oh, yeah
1: so my dad was opposed to religion my mom had been raised by pretty hardcore catholic so my grandmother always wanted me to be religious so she would sneak me to church didn't really i was just bored like i didn't care and then when i was about i want to say 10 or 9 my parents went on vacation, and they sent me to stay with my uncle and aunt. And my aunt was crazy religious, and she sent me and my sister to uh, a a Bible school camp like thing. And that's when I knew it was not for
2: right. me. Oh my
1: god, a camp! You can't get out of that. Yeah, no, it was all day, and I was just like, "This is this shit is crazy." Right,
2: I I have visions of uh, young. David Anthony walking around near the uh, fence, you know, dropping dirt through the bottom of his <laughs> jeans, you know, w- working right. on the three tunnels <laughs> to get the fuck out of there. <laughs> <laughs> because uh yeah it was uh, it's terrifying you know because i was uh you know mum was a, a single parent and she was you know 25 when i was like 6 you know and this is the 70s and she had a lot of pressure on her from all around And she had a lot of people saying to mum you know maybe maybe your son would like to go to sunday school maybe he would be into that who are you to deny him uh-huh. and mum yeah yeah, yeah. mum was a bit like well you know <laughs> Who am I to say that he doesn't want to go to that? So I should give him the option. So she sent me with, uh, you know, some uh, people down the road that we were friends with to church. And then I came back and she said, how'd you go? And I said, do I have to go back to that? And she said, no. (laughs) (laughs) Because there's nothing about church that kids enjoy. It's so boring. Like, you know, I was reading Greek mythology. I was reading Norse mythology. Yes. Where's the smiting? Where's, where's, You know, someone turning into a a golden shower and getting innocent people pregnant. Like, where's all the good stuff?
1: (laughs) The good stuff, the very good stuff, yeah. Not Not there. there. Nope, just be boring. And Okay, now stand up again. Now sit down. Now kneel. Now stand up. Now sit down. It's just fucking awful. I In high school, I went to a Catholic school for two years just because it was the best school I could get into around, and I got – this is how much I didn't care about religion. I got um, in trouble because I went to mass on mushrooms. And let me tell you, it's much more enjoyable. Look, (laughs) most things are.
2: (laughs) What was, by the way, how did you get caught? Because obviously you got found out. Well, it
1: turns out you can't, it's very, it's very hard to be quiet and not laugh uh, when you're on mushrooms (laughs) in (laughs) Max. And then after that, they, and then after that, they, uh, I think I got, I didn't get suspended, but I was definitely in trouble. But then um, they didn't know I was a mushrooms. Uh, I did, but they, but, uh, but then after that i i whenever there was a mass i wouldn't go to school that day and then they were then they caught onto that and they're like okay we see a pattern yeah, yeah. you have to fucking come on mass it's right. <laughs> like it was just hilarious
2: did they uh was the giveaway that the uh, the day you're on mushrooms you were probably the most into mass you'd ever been and that was a <laughs> <way the> minute <laughs> just sitting back there Tell me more about turning the water into wine.
1: Yeah, I definitely remember there was a lot of laughter on my time. Oh,
2: man, that's so funny. <laughs> I, I've i only technically, you know, not including weddings or funerals or anything like that. I've technically only ever been to church twice. Once was that Sunday school. And the second time was uh-huh. incredibly enjoyable, actually, because I was 17. Uh, I came to the States with my basketball club and played was playing high school basketball. And so we'd go to different towns and, you know, like, and uh, get billeted out. And I stayed with a very lovely family on a Sunday and they took me to church. And, you know, ah. it's like, and anyway, so we went and the guy I was staying with, um, I wish I could remember his name. He was so funny. We sat at the back and he could make uh, tiny little bubbles on his tongue and he could blow them and they, they were so, he could do uh-huh. it so gentle, they could land on someone and not burst and he made an almost perfect little necklace on the back of someone's neck from the back of the room. Uh, oh, my God. And I have to be honest, if there was more bubble blowing in church, I would
1: probably be there. Yeah, <laughs> That is <laughs> that is the best way to go to church. I didn't know that was a possibility, <laughs> and I now want to go to church right. with that guy. So much fun. I wonder if he's still doing it to this yeah. day. Yeah, <laughs> now his kids are saying,
2: Dad... <laughs> Jesus isn't happy with this. And I always just remember the, uh, you know, the uh, unironically devilish look in his eyes, as if to say, "Check this out." <laughs> Obviously, he'd done it many times before.
1: What a crazy talent to come yeah. up with! That's how many times he'd been bored church, in church. He discovered a new talent. That was that
2: was quite the that specific day in America was quite the experience because I went to church in the morning with them. And then I sat with the family, and they explained to me the nuances of American football while we were watching it. Yeah! So, I, so I got uh, America's two religions <laughs> all, all in the all within the afternoon, and then we went and played basketball.
1: Oh, there you yeah. go. Well, yeah, that's where this was in uh, Texas or something. No, or was this it? was in uh, I'm,
2: I want to say Chino in California. Cause Oh yeah, yeah same thing, right. <laughs> same thing. Yeah. Did you ever have uh, any uh, pushback From your family to pull out Of the uh, religious side of things Or have you had friends who have been uh, Tried to draw you in
1: Draw me into religion yeah. No, I mean I had, a, I had one I had a comedian friend Early on, we were doing comedy Who was very funny but was a born again Christian um, and He would always try to get me to come to church and I would just be like, dude, it's me. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? And he's like, you know, I got to try. And I'm like, yeah, I know you got to try, but come but, on, what the fuck? Are you but doing? why? <laughs> why do you have to try? <laughs> he got he got a friend of ours who was Jewish to go with him. Uh, and the guy just went to be like, oh, I want to see what the other religion's like. And then afterwards he was so excited because he really thought like, oh, I can pull in this church right. guy and save his soul. And he was like, no, man, I just came to See what you guys do yeah. here. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Two weeks later, this guy's got a type five on his religion. <laughs> it's like, wait a minute.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, man, it's such, a, it's such a funny thing. I've had it a, a, a couple of times, and it's always been it, – it has never been straightforward religions. It's always been those ones that are adjacent with uh, not as, quite as many yeah. members that seem to – you know, and it's always, I want to do you a favor. That's what they uh, come at the uh-huh. end. Hey, uh, yes. I just want to help want, you out, yes. you know, get you some connections. You know, you're single. Yeah. You meet a nice girl. Will I? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Will <Yeah>. I? <laughs> she might be nice, but I have a feeling we're going to have very different interests.
1: Yeah, I do have one uncle who is crazy, born in Christian. He always would send me Christmas cards and... uh birthday cards are always about how I should, you know, find the Lord right. and stuff. Never took. No. Thank goodness. Right. He lives in, he lives in Missouri, which is like in the heart of born again. Christianity. Oh yeah. Right. Okay.
2: Yeah. It's uh, it's funny. There's, um, you know, looking at the States from afar, there is just such a, uh, there's just such a, it appears to be such a divide in the approach to religion where it's, you know, one is this is my belief. And the other one is, this is how I live my life. And it's, you know, the, the the term "the United yeah. States of America" is uh, quite amusing as you get to know it more, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's nothing united about it, uh, and it's only going to get it's worse. It's only going to get worse. It just feels that way, doesn't it? Uh, I've, yeah, oh,
1: I've yeah.
2: been following the uh, Mar-a-Lago. Is that how you pronounce it? Uh, Mar-a-Lago. Yeah, yeah. Uh, with the uh, the FBI raiding and uh, <laughs> taking documents, which. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. Just FBI.
1: Uh, just FBI nuclear stuff. That's like it's fine. fine. <laughs> <laughs> just nuclear information. It, it's the stuff you take when you leave work. You know, like when you have a job and you leave, you're like, well, I'll take some of these pencils and these yep. pens. And, and if you're a president, you go, oh, I'll take some nuclear information.
2: Right. And, uh, and some uh,
1: inside info on the French
2: prime minister by the sounds of it as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm sure there's. I. I'm sure all of it. A lot of it is stuff he could use to blackmail or sell information. To right, I so it. and and I'd be surprised if he didn't sell it to someone. Right,
2: so knowing him, it, so it's look. If there's one thing we can say positively about uh, Trump, is that at least he learned some
1: good lessons from Putin.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's really.
1: He's really picked yeah. up some stuff. Oh, yeah. It's possible Putin Putin learned from him. I mean, Trump has always just been whatever he can do to make a buck yeah. and doesn't matter. And he's never been he's been doing illegal shit his whole career. Yeah. So, yeah, he just thinks he's above it. Cuz he is. He never got caught. He never got prosecuted. It's
2: uh, also appears that someone in the family was uh the the leaker. And yeah. uh, do you have any theories on who that could be?
1: I don't, but a lot of people say it's Jared uh uh, what's his name? Kushner. Kushner. Yeah. Kushner. Uh, yeah. A lot of people think it's him. Um, I I haven't read as to why, but it, apparently it all fits. Right. That
2: seems uh, like a a move in succession, doesn't it? <laughs> it's
1: Ah, uh, oh, Jared. Oh, totally. Totally. But he. Uh, I mean, Trump essentially destroyed their social life because him and his wife are now pariahs in the New York social scene. Right. So they're. And now, you know, the presidency's over, they're out and they're like, oh, we just don't have any friends. So they're, I'm sure, bitter on some level, you know. Well, I I didn't realize that uh, the uh, current
2: president, (laughs) and I use inverted commas for what seems to be going on with him, uh, uh, (laughs) normally they keep uh, previous presidents up to date with, uh, you know, security and what's going on and uh, they have not kept Trump in the loop which yeah. i don't know feels like That's right. once again
1: on biden's behalf a good move and it's absolutely the right thing to do yeah i mean i don't know why they keep past presidents up to date it's always been very fucking weird to yeah. me like why does clinton need to know what's going on with the with ukraine and this shit like but uh yeah so they're not doing it with him but he's not responsible enough he doesn't play the game yeah. right they want everyone to play the game and he's just a you know, he's Trump. It's fucking crazy. Yeah, it's, it, but I don't think Biden should be, when he gets out, he shouldn't either because he's old and just blurt stuff out. No. So he shouldn't be told what's going on. No. Here.
2: <laughs> well, the the good thing with Biden is that once he gets out, it won't be long before he's probably out as well, right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, if he even makes it that far. Far
2: out. I, I find it quite confronting any time I see him uh, giving a press conference because it's like, uh, how no. is he even just... You know, at that it's, age, like compass enough to, you know, keep a press conference going.
1: Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, for a long time, I think they, they jack him up with something, um, before he does press conferences and like what? Things like that. The uppers, right. some kind of, you yep. know, cocktail mix, maybe a, um, a vitamin B oh, type y- thing, you know, or just straight uppers. Yeah. Like, but he definitely gets something. Um, but yeah, he's just not. It's crazy. It's like you just watch it. You're like, how did how did you guys pick this? The Fucking boomers need to just die off because you're terrible. At yeah, this.
2: yeah. Um, it's it's interesting. Uh, I I've been thinking a lot, and I don't. It's one of those subconscious things where you don't mean to go to it, but it keeps popping up. But you know, in the original uh, presidential debates with Hillary Clinton. And look, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying Hillary would have been uh, the greatest uh, president in in the history of the world, but, geez, a lot of the shit that she said in the debates (laughs) really kind of goes, oh, yeah, no, that was right. Oh, yeah, no, she actually was correct (laughs) about that. Yep, yep, everything that we thought was a bit hysterical back then, you know what, she was kind of underplaying it. And uh, the the nuclear deterrence stuff was, uh, you know, him having those papers was one of her prime concerns when she was debating him.
1: So here's the problem with that. Then why did her and her husband uh, push Trump to win in the primaries? Right.
2: Well, that is the dangerous game that Democrats are playing now, isn't it? Throughout uh, the states. They are pushing and helping to fund these Trumpian Republicans to get the nomination because they think it will be easier to take them down. And it's like. Yeah. But did you forget what happened six years ago? Hashtag <laughs> you fucking yeah, idiots. They, uh, yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's really.
1: It's incredible. You're just like, so you're, you didn't learn anything. Yeah. There's nothing that you learned. Absolutely. Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> it's really wild. Yeah. So they're going to do that. They are doing that. It's um, not going to work out, but you know, got to do it. Well, it, it, it co- they're really dumb. Right. I mean, everyone gets, they're dumb. They're fucking dumb as can yeah. be. You guys have the same problem where you are. You you have the same sort of idiot mindset. That's you're like, what do you do? just take care of people and you get elected? Yeah. What's the it? It seems pretty
2: straightforward. Look, my theory is that even though I consider myself small l liberal in my way of thinking, it's you know the the militant side of liberalism is you know it's like the the, the cycle is a liberal-minded person comes up with something that's a good idea and we do our best to implement it, then the far left cannibalises it. You're not doing that right. No, you're not doing that right. No, you're not doing that right. And then meanwhile, the right have adopted many of the principles and while the left is eating itself... The right is changing the language to suit themselves and making good shiny uniforms that go along with it, and that seems to be the cycle. <laughs> you know, it's like it's like, you know, we're both both old enough to remember the term political correctness is actually being a good thing. It...
1: Yeah, I know it's really. And, And now it's a
2: catch cry for supposedly liberal-minded comedians to say, oh, here comes the political correct police, and it's like, what's happening here? None of this is making sense to me.
1: It doesn't make sense. The comedy stuff is, to me, I'm just watching it. I'm like, yeah, we did this uh, a long time ago. Uh, We're going to do it again, but this time we're all going to complain about it because of social media, because you're actually hearing the people say it to you. And you never realize that there's a lot of people out there. There's more people, if you're a comedian, there's far more people always that don't like you than than like you. That's how it works. And so now you're just hearing people yell at you and you're like, I've been canceled. No, you're just hearing the opinions of all the people that never like you. That's all you know how you didn't sell out that show.
2: That's because not everyone liked you. <laughs> That's right. You know, you know, you might have done five sold-out shows at Madison Square Garden. You know why you didn't put on a sixth? Because there were heaps more people who didn't want to go. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. That When I was starting out, um, David Cross and Janine Groffalo would come to San Francisco all the time and play the improv, and they always did comedy for a small group of the crowd. The majority of the audience never laughed at yeah. them. And, and I would talk to him and, and many times I had conversations and they would just be like, I don't want the whole audience to yeah. laugh because then I'm not doing something right. And, and those, those 10% of people who loved it, they're going to come yeah. back. But if I make the whole audience laugh, then they all leave and they go, what was the name of that comedian? They were very, yeah, funny.
2: yeah. Yeah, you become, you know, there's, uh, especially in comedy circles, there are those comedians who always seem to do pretty well. And, boy, people are furious at them. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, they really are. (laughs) But, uh, uh, you know, they can also be the most, um, you know, uh, tough to deal with backstage as well. uh, I'm I'm fascinated by... uh, I've noticed, uh, you know, because I've started performing a little bit more again, much to my chagrin, I appreciated your Uh (laughs) message to me when you saw that I had solo shows again and you were very disappointed for me. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I was like, well, someone out there gets me. I really appreciate that. I was furious as well. (laughs) But it's, uh, you know, I've had people I really like, be really angry about certain comedians, you know. Oh, this person's awful. Oh, this person's terrible. And then you know, you do a week of gigs with them, and I come out the end of it like going, "What? Who can be fucked being angry at that person? Like, who gives a shit? <laughs> like,
1: yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. matter." Guess what? It's also they're not they're entertaining people that you wouldn't right. they aren't your audience. Yeah. Like, they get to have their comedy yeah. too. It just it isn't all one kind of comedy. Yeah. I th- I think that's
2: part of this, uh, you know, positive slash optimistic feeling I've had of late, which is, oh, well, no. you know what it is. It's just not buying into that shit. And it's amazing how not being angry about yeah. something leaves a lot of room for you to be feeling good about other things.
1: Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, absolutely. It's not, I used to, it, when I was starting out, it really bothered me. And then at some point I was just like, no, they they literally have nothing to do with yeah. Me like there there it's not the same audience i'm not talking to the same people i'm not it's not a yeah. thing
2: who's uh who's the best comedian you've seen that you're not necessarily into their style but you when you watch them, you go oh man that was that was a masterclass in performing oh, and uh, while you think i it's... i saw i saw seinfeld uh, a few years ago and seinfeld is not uh-huh. it's it's not my type of comedy you know it's not my style and uh i saw him and at the end of it it was just sort of like oh that
1: was well played all of that was really good yeah yeah i mean brian Regan is the total opposite of the kind of comedy i like but i think he's the funniest comedian alive like it's just so goofy and dumb yeah And it's just not my kind of comedy, but he is, I mean, he's made me fall out of my chair. Yeah.
2: Right. Yeah.
1: That's
2: a, that's a nice place to be. Right. When you can enjoy something that's um, not necessarily for you, but you can just really get into it still.
1: Yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, it's brilliant. And then, you know, I, well, I guess Gary's changed. I was just say Gary Goldman, um, but he's, he does a lot of, he's sort of, have you seen nah. you, have you seen anything at Gary's? Gary was a comedian that when I was starting out, um we're well, not even starting out, when I moved to LA, he got a, a showtime special and I went down to watch it be filmed and I was like, he's not very good. Um, but I was always friendly with him and you know, we hung out a lot. And then I didn't really pay attention to his comedy. And then like five years ago, I saw him do a set and I was like,
0: Holy. Fuck.
1: Yeah. This guy's been working, and this guy's a fucking genius. Yeah. Um, he does a lot of stuff now about fighting depression and stuff. So I guess it's, I guess he's transitioned to more a, a type of comedian talking about substantive stuff that I. So I, he's not a good example. Gaffigan's a good example. Yeah. Like Gaffigan doesn't talk about anything, and he makes me fucking yeah. laugh.
2: I, I reckon that's one of the best experiences you can have with a comedian—the person that you saw that you went ah, they are not for me. And then you see them like two or three years later and you're like, what the fuck just happened? Like, it was like a nuclear explosion. Uh, You know, I I don't think he would mind me talking about it because I've discussed it with him. But, you know, I knew Australian comedian Corey White when he first started. And, you know, when he first started, he was the sum of what he wanted to be, you know. And therefore Mm -hmm. it was like, ah, I don't know about this guy. And then... A couple, of, and I always liked him. But a couple of years later, he said, "Oh, would you mind coming to my show?" I said, "Yeah, no, I'll come along." I went to his show, and I was like, uh, "Like, was I really wrong back then? Like, was, was I watching? Did I just see the three worst gigs you ever did?" And. The, uh, <laughs> and I just happened to be at all of them because he was stunning and he, he had some of my favourite jokes of the last, you know, 10 years, you know. yeah, uh, He had a great routine yeah. about coming out of the closet and realising he wasn't gay and talking about how hard it is to go back into the closet. Like, that is a funny, <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: That's a funny concept, you know. That's really yeah. funny. But
2: I'd, I'd much rather be um, taken by surprise. I, 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 I like that and I just can't. I just can't be angry about
1: shit that I don't, you know, really care about. You can't be angry about it. I also don't, I don't, it's weird. The older I get, the less I appreciate stand up. Yeah. Like I, I, I don't think it's a great art form anymore. I don't think it's, I don't, I don't feel like there's very many, there's hardly any people that can tackle it and do it in a way that I think is important or it's you're always worried about what the audience is thinking. There's just very, very few comedians that actually talk about stuff that really, really matters and do it in the way they want, as opposed to catering to the audience a little bit and twisting it just a little bit. Yeah. So it's not real. Like, you know what I yeah. mean? Uh, so like, I think that like Marin's a guy, I think that, it pulls it off, um, is able to really be himself and and stuff. But man, it's uh, the older I get, the the more detached from it I feel.
2: So that's uh, a really uh, interesting thing that you bring up because I feel exactly the same way. And it was you know literally filling in for people who were sick with COVID that made me realize that I actually still enjoyed, specifically the process of creating material yeah like the i did a week at the store that was the the, just after the oscars and because you know all that will smith chris rock stuff went down and every day to be completely honest with you i was checking in and updating what was going on because i didn't want to not be across the news for that day start doing material about it and then someone yells out Will Smith killed himself today. And I go, thank you very much. It's been a good gig.
1: I know I'm only two minutes in, but good night.
2: You know, so so I, I was keeping myself up to date with it. And it was actually the process of, oh, here's some new information. And that's just changed that. And putting together and building, it just reminded me that what I like about being creative is the building part of it. And, and that's what made me enjoy yeah. stand-up again. So I have uh, this idea that part of the problem with stand-up, and God bless you if you are sitting at home going, two middle-aged white men telling me what's wrong with stand-up, I apologise already, but it became a legitimate pathway to success. And I think what happens is an art form is always at its best when it's considered low art and it's on the fringes, and there's kind of no rules, and everyone's in a corner going, I'm going to do this, this, and this, and it's like, I don't know if that's going to work. Great, let's see what happens. Fuck, that was a disaster, but that little bit here worked, and now I'm going to do that. That, to me, in any art form, is when it's at its most exciting and its most creative, and then it hits this level where the mainstream accepts it and respects it, and that's the point when the art form is essentially... Cooked, and you can and you can reach that level again. Like you can have someone come along who is brilliant, but you know they're Carlin Light now. You know they're you right. know because Carlin's already done it. You know, or do you know yeah. what I mean?
1: I mean, I think Stuart Lee is probably the last guy that sort of broke a mold a little yeah. bit. <laughs> oh my um, lord, Stuart Lee. <laughs> um, they, I mean, they're you know that that's that's a good example of someone who's like doing something very different. Um, and it's very, you know, it's, it's such a great mirror of society and all that. But he, but that, you know, you're right. Most people, the cutting edge guys are doing Carlin light, yeah. you know, and, and, um, and it's not easy to None. do like it. It's, it, you know, thank God they're taking a chance and trying it, but most comedies just like, uh, so there's a ghost. I think there's a ghost in my attic. Or oh, I hate watermelons. You know, it's just the. St- Sorry, saying, hang on. Hey. Sorry,
2: don't, don't waste hey, that. Cool. I, I hate watermelons. I'm just going to write that down. <laughs> we'll workshop that afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> Title of your next album. <laughs> but you know, but it's not even. It's uh, it's not even me being critical. I just think there's only so far an art form can build, yes. and then it's. You plateaued. And then That's and you, you see it with, and once again, this is not a criticism, but I see young comedians, like, you know, we have the raw comedy competition down here. So you're watching someone who yeah. may have won a heat and maybe won a quarterfinal. And I see them in the semifinal. Or I see them in the final. And they walk out and they walk straight up to the microphone. They say, hey, give it up for your host, Justin Hamilton. They take the mic out of the stand. They move the stand to one side. They step forward, they let that applause for the m c die down, and they say, "Let me tell you some of the hard things about being a stand-up comedian. It's like you've been on the stage for collectively seven minutes. <laughs> how the fuck? But they know that's how it works, and they you know yes, they know how that it works it's and, and a lot of sometimes when people are making you know even good political points, it's done in a I'll paint here, 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 here. And this is yes. when, ah, oh, you're all clapping. Yes, because I have made a good point that we all agree with. And uh, all right. Yes,
1: yes. Uh, it. I always thought that because when we, had, when we started doing stand-up, the way you learned was you would go to the club physically and watch comedians who were coming through town. Yeah. And then you learned how to do stand-up. Well, now with the internet, they can just watch. And I always thought that would lead to... Uh, a bunch of unique and good comics, but the opposite has happened yeah. where I just think it's a lot of sort of standard fare. Yeah.
2: Yeah. There's a homogenization of the art form. And yeah. it's, uh, and then, you know, another thing that I really kind of buck against, and, you know, I'm not saying these people aren't good comedians or that they're not even making good points, but there is a, a level of famous comedians who take it upon themselves to be, you know, truth tellers and they're, they're, they're going to yes. tackle the important subjects and they're going to come out and they're, I'm going to do my routine about trans people because this is freedom of speech and I've got a good point to make. And it's like, <laughs> all right, but you know, in your head is not only everything that exists, but the possibility of things that don't exist, which is more stuff in the universe. So why don't you just give them a break, even if you do have a good point and-
1: Talk about I something. I know else. that's the thing. Give them a break. Yeah. What's the it's like it, oh are they are, are they the ones who are starting wars yeah. and uh letting COVID run rampant? Is yeah. that are the are they destroying the planet with climate change? Yeah. No, those aren't the oh that's not the yeah. target. That you maybe maybe trans people should uh you know get a little fucking break once in a right. while where you're not talking constantly... maybe they shouldn't be the subject of a joke. Yeah. How about that? There's there's yeah. there's no, everything I, yeah, else to talk about. Talk about
2: that. Yes heaps there's heaps of things, and that's a lot of things yeah. and it drives me insane, yeah.
1: yeah, it's uh the amount of attention and comedic energy that has been put into trans uh people is fucking astounding, yeah. and it's another reason why I have a problem with the profession uh and it's also here in l a it's it's there's a lot of liberal comedians who um are steadfast against um more left people and conservatives and it's like your whole fucking job as a comedian is to understand things right as opposed to rail against it and you're also if you're taking all this time to talk shit about the people left of you those are the people with absolutely zero power nobody represents them in our country there's no government representation there's nothing so what in the fuck are you doing? yeah like you know it's really crazy.
2: Yeah, and it's once again it was one of the uh, aspects of uh, the industry that I had to reconcile to be able yeah. to you know, be able to do my own thing is to okay, well you don't you don't have to not perform just because you're furious at a lot of people. <laughs> 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 You know, like, if you if you yeah. want to be edgy, yeah. like, fucking do, you know, walk out on stage and talk about how testing makeup on puppies is a fucking good thing to do because of all the benefits. Like, you know, <laughs> if you want to be edgy, be really edgy, you know? Guess what? Lots of people fucking own dogs and love dogs and are going to find that horrific. Even people who don't, who eat meat are going to be horrified by that. Do that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. That's right. You know, do something amusing about how Eyeshade shade on a beagle is fucking not only uh, good for their self esteem, but uh, good for you not getting eczema. There you go. Hey, edgy comedians who are not listening to this, you're welcome. You can take that.
1: <laughs> do you, I I found that the uh,
2: uh, best way to feel good about comedy is just not to watch too much of it.
1: I think you are right. I you know every once in a while I want to see what you know this per- like someone'll say this person's actually really yeah. funny and I'll I'll check him out but it's very hard for me like I, uh, you know uh, there's a guy I I watched recently and I think he's very funny um like really funny like really good jokes but it's so funny cuz he just does jokes and and I I used to just do jokes and then I transitioned into bits and stuff and I if there's part of me that's like well, you're hiding your personality when you just do jokes right. you're hiding behind you're hiding behind the words yeah. So as I get older, there's more stuff that I have less tolerance for, whereas before I would have been like, oh, watch this whole thing because it's very funny jokes. But I'm like, yeah, but who are you? Where are you hiding? Right,
2: right. I I, I kind of feel like it's – I enjoy that stuff more when there's almost like more artifice, when it's like I'm quite clearly presenting a character.
0: Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile.
2: and not myself and it's like I. And so I yeah. enjoy it more and I I'm a little bit suspicious of the person who comes out and says hey I'm just Ordinary Joe over here and here's a whole lot of things that essentially don't mean anything <laughs> <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> though if his name was Ordinary Joe here's why I hit here's, here's one <laughs> What? Wow, that is unique, wow. but also not, not real. real. Uh, I have a couple of other things that I wanted to discuss with you. And uh, this is, um, you know, this is, look, we all have a comeback. And uh, polio is in the oh. global conversation again.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: they reported the first polio case hey! in suburban New York City. The first case in
1: nine oh. years. And uh, here we go. Isn't it exciting?
0: <laughs> it really is.
1: It really is. All these people are going to get polio because their parents were not uh, into vaccines because of fake news stories yeah. uh, about the result. It's going to be amazing to watch all these people who are in their 20s get polio now.
2: It's incredible. Uh, you know, you, you you kind of want to know uh, who the manager of polio is, who managed to, look, I know.
0: <laughs> I know nobody's
2: been in it for a while, but... Trust me, it's ready. It's 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 due. It's time. It's polio time. Let's yeah. go. I've got friends who have uh, you know, just started getting the monkeypox vaccination, which is a sentence I never imagined that I would be saying to you. I know.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like I mean, we're we're like I mean, America's just a fucking shit show, so we're just there's no stopping it. Like there's no government agency that can stop monkeypox. Yeah. It's just, it's going to do what it's going to do. There's no, it's, it's, you know, we all know it's largely in the gay community, but it's not going to stay there. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's from bodies touching each other. It doesn't mean you have to be fucking someone. It's just, if you're near someone. And so that's kids, yeah. right? It's kids. It's certainly in college. They're all fucking. It's going to be in colleges. It's high school. They, you know, they love to fuck and, Whatever else, it's gonna go through all those communities. Yeah. Like it just—the only people that are safe are married people, right?
2: <laughs> and as if we need more of them. <laughs> yeah, <maybe>. But the <laughs>
1: yeah, that's terrible.
2: <laughs> but you know the uh, you know there was that news report that uh, you know the monkeypox uh, outbreak was you know when I say outbreak, it was a small, a very small situation in the states that the American government completely failed to get on top of. And you had yeah. in storage 20 million vaccines ready to go that just went off and you had to dump. <laughs> and it's like... Yeah, had to dump oh, Like, Sorry about how that. How about, you know, the, the people in the African countries that could really use that vaccine? If you're not going to use it, why not just Isn't send it there?
0: That...
1: It's so It's so amazing how fucking dumb we are that we just think well it's over in africa so that's fine it's like no that's not how they work that's not how viruses work they don't hang out viruses don't have passports and they're like can i get into america like <laughs> it's just so wait a minute dumb. this is, this is a didn't... photo of polio
2: wait a minute <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> i know I, I oh shit run <laughs> Yeah, and then of course it went through England where they're the same right. thing, like just like whatever. And then and then them doing, you know, it's only in gay people. You're eh, like, okay. Yeah, the key word is yeah. people. The key people. Yeah. Um, it's just it's I think that I do believe that's why in America they did not take it seriously when it first came, and they still might not be, is because they were like, It's just it's just gay people. Like it's it's the same neoliberal fucking assholes in charge biden's very similar to red yeah. and they just don't give a sh- they only care about making money in the economy yeah. and they just don't fucking so they heard it was in gay people like well that's not going to affect the larger economy so it's fine like they don't fucking care yeah. they just don't yeah
2: that's the problem uh, they don't care and it's uh, and and that is in, in many ways worse than not learning lessons you know you know yeah. like not learning lessons you can be like you can be frustrated and you know want to shake them and say hey just pay attention and, and look at history and get on top of this but yeah. when you when you know they don't care it really makes You're you feel right. very impotent
1: <laughs> yeah it's crazy to watch also i don't think we have the infrastructure anymore like we just spend money on consultants and stuff but there's no there's no health departments. There's no, like, enough people anywhere to handle any situation. So it's just... I think we have, like, 35% of the world's cases. Like, right. And yet we're, we're like, 5% of the population of the world. Like, we're just out of our fucking right. minds. Right. Right. Is, is there anyone
2: coming through that we can pin some hopes on <laughs> that could get in charge and
1: do a good job? I mean, I'm not the hugest AOC fan, but I think she could would change yeah. things uh, quite significantly compared to anybody else. I also think, you know, we need to look outside the box, like Sarah Nelson, who's um, the head of the union, the um, flight attendants union is like those kind of people that are not from government, I think is a fantastic, so I think she'd be an amazing president. So there's, there's people out there, but you know, the anybody in the democratic party, like a democratic party. Yeah. No. Anybody in the Republican Party? No. AOC is a possibility. She could run for president in 2024. She's age. And a lot of the boomers have died off now. So what happened in the last election is going to be like there there needs to be candidates. Those people, the younger people relate to, because they are now the majority of voters and they will vote because of climate change and abortion. They will. So you just need left candidates. But, you know, there's. They've been they've been pushing them out forever. Like they get rid of them. They they the Democrat Democratic Party makes sure that they get killed off. Like that's just what they right. do. Right. So, Who you know? It's who's been
2: now. the uh, biggest miss for you in in the years of uh, who's the person that you were like, ah, oh, damn, why didn't we get that person for at least four years?
1: Oh, you mean a president yeah. or like well, a, it, yeah,
2: like a, a a senator that you kind of pinned your hopes well, on
1: and bernie's the only guy that could have really yeah. changed things yeah he, he was just he just talked differently than you know he talked about you know the the class issue and nobody else does that so he would have just changed the way everybody looked at things and that would have changed everything. Yeah. but there's nobody else anybody else like howard dean was a possibility back in the yeah. day but he was also you know he was pretty neoliberal on a lot of things um yeah there's never been i mean way back when um jerry brown would have been a great president in the like the early 90s right. um you know there were uh, ralph nader i always look at ralph nader's i literally every once in a while i look at ralph nader's i go and read through what he wanted to do and you're like oh he wanted to literally fix every single yeah. thing that is now crushing us he he had the answers that's when people are like hillary knew i'm like okay oh, you want to know who really fucking yeah. knew a guy named Ralph Nader, the guy you shit on all the time. He actually really Yeah. Did. Yeah,
2: he was uh definitely uh, ahead of the curve. Like uh you know, there's a couple of people that you like I know of, Howard Dean, uh, but Ralph Nader was one that uh even when I was younger was like, "Oh, this guy actually seems like he's uh, on the level." And uh that's the last yeah. thing we need in charge. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's right
2: Look if you elect them we're going
1: to kill them Okay yep. Yep. never mind Thank you
2: very much uh, How did you feel about the uh, American
1: trip to Taiwan? Uh, the, oh. She she needs to uh, She's the worst Totally fucking pointless The only reason she did it is to bolster her stock Because yeah. she has stock And you know they're the chip makers And She's a crazy. She's just a fucking right wing asshole that is as a as a, uh, a D next for her name like that. Stay the fuck out yeah. of it. There's no reason to poke. There's no reason to poke the bear. Yeah. I don't I don't. Does anybody want a war with fucking China? What are you doing? Yeah. It's also makes it makes Taiwan less safe. And and Taiwan is Taiwan is not an independent country. They they admit they are not. Yeah. An independent country, they're a fucking territory of China. Like, and they're and they're in their constitution. It says they their whole goal is to take over China. Like, stay the fuck out. Yeah,
2: yeah. Look, as someone who's in the region, I was uh, pretty thrilled, and uh, it's it's been good to (laughs) it's it's been good to just lose uh, that extra hour of sleep uh, each night where. (laughs) I think about the, you know, last third of my years in, uh, you know, in a very different situation trying to learn a new currency or <laughs> something along those lines. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. As soon as, soon as it was uh, happening, it was uh, like, why are you doing this flex now, uh, you know? Right? It's, it's just it's so All, all the Russia-Ukraine stuff, which, you know, by the way, even when I kind of try to talk to friends about that now, it, the the, the, oh. the prevailing attitude seems to be: "Look, I, when it finishes, I'll binge it. Then I'll then I'll. <laughs> <laughs> but until then, I can't keep up with it.
1: I can't keep up with it week to week. <laughs> <laughs> this is not a TV series. <laughs> it's really." ukraine is a great example of like you don't actually stand for anything because they all the you know all the liberals are all excited about ukraine it's like do you care about yemen yeah because yemen is something we are funding do you want to stop children from being bombed into you know pre-civilization what what do you actually care about are you just is it just that putin's doing it because we actually have a country that we are laying waste to that we could stop. Yeah. So you don't actually care about the people. Yeah. That's not the thing that's going on no. here. It's, uh, it's very hard to talk to people I, about any of that stuff.
2: Genuinely, one of the biggest jaw drop moments for me this year with without any irony, and but more at the audacity that it happened, was when uh, Bush came out and said, you can not invade oh. any other country under false pretenses. And it's like, uh, uh, sorry... Can anyone else smell the burnt toast at the moment?
1: Because this is fucking insane. It's insane. It's insane. Like all these, all these Europeans are are like saying that they don't want Russians to come and vacation in Europe. And I'm like, did that happen when America was? In that, they didn't. Nobody did that to us when we invaded Iraq. Yeah.
2: Yeah. No. No one was uh, not allowing Andre Agassi to play at Wimbledon. You know yeah we're going to make a statement. We're not going to let Russian players play tennis. It's like,
1: okay, well, good on you for taking a stance all that all that does is drive people in Russia over to Putin's side. Yeah. it doesn't you're not winning anything by making people the average Russian suffer. They're not going to be like, "Well, now I'm against the world, and' be like, "Fuck you, yeah."
2: yeah. Man, it is uh, intense times. I've got one final topic for you and it's uh, I thought we should finish on something that is uh, arts and entertainment. And uh, one of my favourite things in the world is to tell you that I like something and then have you explain to me why I'm wrong. So. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and it, uh, you know, yeah. what I love is it always comes from angles I'm not expecting as well. Like, you know, it's like a, a flippant comment on the way through to something and then it's like, well, <laughs> here's seven reasons why you should change your opinion. And I'm like, at point three, I've usually got my fingers in my ears going, la, 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 yeah. la, la, But uh... this has been uh, standing out to me. And uh, have you been across the ticket prices uh, in America where uh, – Bruce Springsteen has uh, had tickets uh, that have been costing upwards of $5,000. and Oh, my God. (laughs) And it's like I've always had a real soft spot for Springsteen and he was one of the classic, well, (laughs) Dave chats. And, man, isn't – I think the reason I bring it up is I think one of the worst things that you can do for society – is Price Art and Entertainment out of the hands of the people who need it?
1: For sure, for sure, yeah, 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 absolutely. Uh, you know what's very interesting is, um, you know, that's not the only thing he's he's done. Like he, I believe he's he sold or he's selling his catalog. Yeah. You know, like like Bowie yeah. did, um, but he's supposed to be the, you know. Every man's man kind of guy. Right. The working class guy. So it doesn't really fit with that. He's had he's had a few little things like this. And my friend who is a huge Springsteen guy. Not only that, but other people have been like this, this all this all started when he started doing that podcast with Obama.
2: Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! It's two of my favorite Dave Anthony topics brought together to be one crushing disappointment.
0: <laughs>
2: to, tell me that they recorded it at an NBA game, and we've got the trifecta.
0: <laughs>
1: and it's and it's not even people who are like leftists. Like I've I've heard this from like you know the hardcore damn liberal yeah. type. And they're, and they're like, yeah, no, this is... Bruce changed when he started doing a podcast with Obama. Right. Wow. Obama's an infection. Right. He's a virus. <sighs> yeah. It is, it is so... So, number one, Springsteen doesn't need money. No. If anything, if anything, he should now be touring and every seat is $20. Right. Cause he doesn't need fucking yeah. money, so it's really grotesque. I mean, five thousand fucking dollars. I remember I was working at the Stable Center, and Springsteen did five nights, yeah. and every night he railed against the suites because there are three it's Stable Center. Yeah. Three you know rows of suites yeah. around. So he would sit there and talk shit about the people in the suites and blah blah blah. And now he's doing right. this.
2: What a bummer. What an absolute <laughs> bummer. You know, you But the good news is he fucking sucks.
1: He's shit right. <laughs> So you know it's not a <laughs> you're not buying any tickets anytime soon. Uh, you know, you you
2: you look back on uh the you know the the nineties when, you know, Pearl Jam for all their pros and cons did rail against Ticketmaster and uh Yeah you know that yeah. was uh you kind of feel like maybe if everyone had joined in, there would have been a difference here. And instead they were kind of left to hang. And, uh, you know, you you look and you read about, uh, you know, the places that they went to try and, you know, buck the system and then then their gigs were suffering for it because they were going to places that weren't uh, financially set up and it was harder to get to and they were doing their best and, you know, eventually even they had to just kind of go, fuck, like, we just, we just can't do it. Like, we're, we're going to keep losing yeah. this battle. And, uh, yeah, if, uh, if, if every artist had said, well, we're all uh, boycotting all of this stuff, maybe we'd have a different situation where, once again, regardless of it being Springsteen, uh, whatever, uh, you know, if you come from a lower economic uh, situation and you're a fan of an artist and you can't afford to see them, I just think that is a travesty.
1: Yeah, the, it it's not even like I I get like smaller bands doing you know a small theater or whatever. Well, they might not. There's five guys in a band. They might not be making that much mm. money splitting it. But all of the big bands, if they had come out and gone against Ticketmaster, that would have been the end of Ticketmaster.
0: Yeah.
1: And they all make enough fucking money to be like, okay, we're not going to tour this year. Why Ticketmaster? Yeah. Like they all make that much money. They don't need to fucking tour. Like. It, yeah it, it, there's just America has zero fight in it yeah it's, there's no solidarity whatsoever. it's everybody for themselves yeah. and it's just uh that's a great example like ticketmaster like we've tried to avoid ticketmaster like that's one of our main things when we go to a town. No ticketmaster, the last theater that you can find and we still end up having to do ticketmasters for some because there's no other venue available. Yeah. They all are if you do this venue, you have to do ticketmaster like that's and you don't have a fucking choice yeah. so we sell we sell a $20 ticket for fucking 50 bucks or some shit right because of ticket
2: management. yeah man it's uh very frustrating um all right let's finish on a positive what's uh what's something that you've been no come on just just one tiny thing what's what's something that you're loving at the moment <laughs> is it is it uh, is it finn's baseball how's he going
1: he died. Did I not Jesus tell
2: you? Like, no. I am so sorry. <laughs> Turns out, you do need to be on social media more, Justin. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: um, How is the baseball going? No, he's not playing baseball. He's not playing baseball. I right know he, he had um, two months right. off, uh, so they start again next week. Um, mostly, I uh, I've been surfing. Uh, <laughs> that's about my main yeah. stuff. And um, watching uh, televisions. Yeah. Um, Have you ever seen Snowfall? No. No. Is that based on a graphic novel or a book? No, it is based on reality. Reality. It is based on when the CIA dumped crack into uh, South Central. (laughs) So John Singleton, before he died, started this show about that. And now they're... They just had their, I think it's fifth season, right? I haven't even heard of Snowfall. Uh, yeah, it's really weird. People haven't heard yeah. about it, and I think it's really fucking good. Right. I, you know, they just had. The, I, I always think it's going to get worse, or like how much more do they have to do? But they're going through the whole fucking story. I mean, they've even involved. They even have a character that was the um, a journalist broke that story years ago, and they even go through what happened with him, and it's just. It's well acted. Yeah. It's really well yeah. done. It's a really good show. Okay,
2: what's that on? Is that an AMC show or is that? Um, it's it was on uh, FX, right.
1: but I think it's on Hulu now. If you want to watch it. okay.
2: All. Yeah, I'll definitely check that out. I've had yeah. a few things that come to an end uh, uh, all at once, Better of course, all finished. And uh, you know,
1: have do you like? Action, action, yeah. TV shows, or yeah. I'm um, have you seen Warrior? No, oh, is that based on the, the movie? No, it's totally, it's about um, uh, essentially tongs, uh, Chinese tongs in San Francisco oh, right. back in the you know 1800s. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. And then you know what? I really, really, really liked Dune. Oh, yeah, yeah, it was great. I kept. I kept hearing people saying it's too slow or it's half a movie. It's not the whole thing. And I found it totally satisfying.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> so did I. Like, I'm like, well, that was a great half. That was a great half yeah. movie.
2: Yeah. I'm not complaining about any of this. And uh, have you seen, um, I'm not normally into this kind of thing, but uh, I watched how they did the um, the special effects. And uh, the, the reason the the special effects look so good is that they added lighting, like proper in-camera lighting to the scenes. And so rather than get ah. that flat, you know, look, Benedict Cumberbatch in, in, for two hours in front of a green screen, it, everything there looked so real and uh, yeah. so, uh, like, you could Yeah, touch that's it.
1: interesting. That's very interesting. I did not know that. Yeah. Huh. I also watched um, For All of Mankind off your recommendation, which I like. Oh,
2: yeah. That's um that's a fun series, I reckon. Uh, what are you up to?
1: I'm done. Yeah. I just finished the last season. Yeah. Um, and then what was the other thing on Apple? The Severance. Oh, God damn it. Is Severance the? Is it called Severance? No. The one where there's four people in the office and yeah they... severance yeah and they 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 severance. they get severed
2: when they go into work yeah, yes the innies and the outies severance
1: that that's one of those weird things where I'm like God I love it when people take big swings oh
2: absolutely
1: and it and it works like that ending was so fucking good. <laughs> oh, my lord I. You don't think it's going to go where it yeah. goes It's so genius where it fucking yeah. goes uh, I was sitting here
2: watching it by myself One of the things that has driven my poor mother insane from For my whole life Is that I get uh, irritable leg syndrome When I'm getting into something And oh, halfway yeah. through that episode I was suddenly relieved that I was by myself Because both legs were going at a rate of knots <laughs> Like, if you'd been looking outside, if you'd taken away the lounge, you would have thought, wow, that guy's really running quickly on the spot. I was like... I was so into that finale. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
0: That's so amazing. I
2: feel like uh, Apple TV has... uh, a super amount of quality. Uh, I, I got into Severance. Uh, I love For All Mankind. I watched Pachinko and I loved that. I, I got into...
1: Oh, I haven't seen Pachinko yet. I thought yet. that was
2: wonderful. Uh, Slow Horses was heaps of fun, especially if you're a Gary Oldman fan. Uh, I feel like they're doing yeah. some good stuff.
1: They they really started out poorly. I mean, they when they came out of the gate, yeah. but they've seemed to have rectified it a little bit there. The one thing the one thing I had a problem with them I and it's they're doing fine is they're like all like PG, like they don't wanna do anything too naughty. And it's like just fucking make TV.
2: Yeah. Like
1: like go for it. Like, you know, like don't yeah. don't worry. Just make a good Yeah. Just make something good. It's, it's very weird. Severance, uh yeah.
2: Severance had that wonderful there, there's a moment in every T V series that the ones that I love, where you're watching it, you're going, I'm right into this, and then something they do one thing that you go, right, you've got me, you, you you've got me, like yeah. If you do seven seasons and about four seasons in, one of the seasons sucks, I don't give a shit, I'm I'm in, right? And uh, yeah. it was the yeah. uh, I, I forget what they called it, but it was the the disco party that they had where oh, <laughs> oh, God. oh my
1: lord, so good, <laughs> so good. <laughs> Uh, they, ju- they just got every like little nuance of what it's like to be a worker in an office, yeah. but at the same time having a completely insane concept oh, yeah. on top of it. That.
2: Yeah, that, just that opening of the room and there's a guy with a whole bunch of baby goats yeah. and you're like, okay. Yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's so
1: good. It's so good. Uh, yeah, no, I am looking. <laughs> and also
2: another one of those series that every week I watch the credits.
1: Oh, you know, I loved
2: them yeah. so much. It was like I felt like the credits were yeah. uh, uh an important part of getting me into the mood and the mindset of what I was about to experience.
1: Yeah. That's funny. Usually I skip the I skip the credits on it. Well,
2: the the only credits I ever stick for were Severance and any credits where the cast dance at the start like Pachinko and uh, Peacemaker. If <laughs> they if they've, yeah. if they've yeah. done a big dance number, I'm going to watch it. <laughs>
1: Oh my god, how good is Peaky oh It was Jesus Christ. <laughs> it was so that funny. That show is incredible. Oh man.
2: It was audacious, it was funny. It's uh you know, John Cena is unbelievable in the lead role. He's unbelievable. And I loved Vigilante. <laughs> and then this guy who was quite yes. clearly not with everyone else on any emotional resonance. <laughs> yes. That mo like for for a superhero show it, like for that moment when you know even though it's an alien Peacemakers, it's like I can't I can't shoot that alien because I because it's in the form of a child and he's like I've got it <laughs> and it just blows him away it was like <laughs> wow you really just went there <laughs> have you seen the boys uh so weirdly I have tried to watch the boys I've watched 10 15 and 20 minutes of the pilot and I just, you so look, I'm being a bit boring here, but it, you know, because I read comics all the way through for, as a kid, yeah. it, it, I feel like I've gone through that period of deconstruction of heroes. Uh-huh. I, I think for boys is come out at exactly the correct time. If you take into account TV and movies, but when yeah. I was, you know, when I was reading what, Alan Moore was doing in the late 80s and early 90s and stuff like that. I feel sure. like I've experienced it. So I feel like I'm, it's not a comment on quality. It's just from an emotional point of view. I'm now getting to a point where it's like, can we write something with a bit of sincerity? <laughs> that, that feels like, that, that feels like where I kind of want the swing to go, you know, ah, oh, another evil Superman. Oh, okay, no worries. You know, this is children's entertainment. How about uh, we do something that might be a little bit, I don't know. Positive. <laughs> not cynical. But that is not a not a comment on quality, and I know a lot of people that love it.
1: Uh, yeah, I enjoy it. I like it's it they're doing a good job on tackling sort of the modern politics. Yeah.
2: yeah. Oh look, uh the, the the modern superhero movie is so fucking awful. <laughs>
1: It's so bad. It's so. Have you seen the the uh, trailers for the She Hulk? Uh show? yeah, yeah. It, it's 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 an it's an abomination. Like you watch that and you're like, "There's this is horrifying." That this is what people are looking for. Right, to. right. I feel like we've gone backwards. It with everything. It's just like, oh, so just because they're superheroes, yeah. you're gonna watch this just absolute garbage. Oh yeah.
2: Yeah, I had a a really beautiful moment this year where in the middle of watching, um, I think it was Moon Knight, I just was like, I don't actually have to finish
0: this.
2: (laughs) And then suddenly it was like, and suddenly I was like watching uh, the Kenobi series and two episodes in I was like, I don't need to finish this
1: either. Oh, this is nice. I've done that now with so many things. You know what else I do now is when I watch shows or, or movies, I I watch them until I'm like, I'm going to go to bed. I'll just start watching this again tomorrow right. in the middle of an episode right. or whatever. I just go. And then that also helps me to be like, I don't want to go back to that. Yeah, I actually don't. I Because I, I used to be like, I'll just watch this season. Yes. But now I'm like, I don't need to fucking see this. It's just a waste of time and it's not good.
2: Like, you know, It's there's been legitimately – so many actually good things on uh, TV and it's like uh, Kenobi was the um, you know I like I love you and McGregor as well uh, but I was like no I don't need to watch that uh, I don't need to watch um, Moon Knight I didn't finish that uh, but you know like this year alone it's been like things that have been great have been uh, I, I have a I know a lot of people didn't enjoy it, but I loved Atlanta. I loved uh, Pachinko, Slow Horses, Severance, uh, Peacemaker, For All Mankind. I finished the German series Dark. Uh, I
1: watched. Oh, you did finish yeah, that? Yeah. You really got to pay attention to that one. I didn't. I got to go back to y- you, it. You know, it's it can it can be really confusing. Oh my lord!
2: It's especially like don't get me wrong. I love that they did this, but. They have different actors playing different characters at different points of view, uh, at yeah. different points of their lives. And because you don't speak German and you're having to read names, it's... Don't get me wrong. It was yeah. It was probably good for holding off Alzheimer's. Do you know what I mean? I had to retain a lot of knowledge <laughs> and focus for a
0: long time. To, uh,
2: and I loved... Uh, I don't know if you watched Barry, but I thought Barry was uh,
1: fantastic. I love Barry. I haven't watched the recent season, but I love. Barry. Yeah,
2: it's... Uh, it's great. The uh, On the uh, Prestige TV podcast on The Ringer, uh, uh, Bill Hader did a podcast after every episode. So whenever you get to it, I think it's really oh. worthwhile listening to because he's a fascinating guy and he's very... Low key, and when he's being praised, he'll say, "Oh yeah, you know that was uh, that was that person's idea," and and then he'll yeah. talk about, you yeah. know, I wanted to do this with this episode, and everyone said, "Bill, you're fucking insane," and I I was so angry, I went for a walk, and then I came back and was like, "No, you're right." <laughs> so he's very yeah, he's very yeah. honest about the collaborative uh, process, and yeah. um, uh, I it, it's interesting. Some of the best series I've seen, like Barry, and. Uh, You know, just finishing up uh, Better Call Saul, the and Atlanta, the criticisms I've had, I've read and heard from friends is, no, I I liked it when it was like the old way, but it's like yeah, I know, but these series are progressing the storyline, and if you want things to be the old way, like that's why you've got Law and Order and and Criminal Minds. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. But this is, but this is actually really good, and it's been telling a narrative with. And actions have consequences, and if that's the case, it it can't keep being the same thing. <laughs> oh yeah, no, no, but I just wish it was still like this. Okay, yep, yeah, all right. Okay, well, okay, yeah, yeah right. yep. No worries. And uh, and I I got a I got a nice dose of uh, American politics from We Own This City, where I learned about Wayne Jenkins. Oh, I haven't
1: seen that. I hear it's very good. Yeah, one
2: of the all time. Great performances, specifically this year. uh, uh, John Bernthal as Wayne Jenkins is.
1: Oh, really? I
2: can't remember the last time I hated someone so much and missed him every time he wasn't on the screen. (laughs) 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 It was so compelling. It was hilarious. Ah, this fucking guy. Oh, why are we with these people? No, 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 let's go back to Wayne Jenkins. Have you started watching Sam Man? I have.
1: I'm 4 episodes in. Yeah, me too. What are you thinking? I like yep. it. I've waited so long for, I've waited so long yep. for it. I mean, uh I I yeah, I think it's pretty well done so yeah. far. I
2: I have uh so I'll, I'll be interested to hear what you think of this. I have two I I like a lot of the changes they've made. A, a lot of the changes make sense to me. Uh, yeah. I liked uh, Jenna Coleman as uh, Joanna Constantine. I thought that was a nice mm-hmm. rejig of the storyline. Um, but there's two things that are, and they're mild criticisms. One is, uh, I'm sorry to say, Patton Oswald's voice is just too distinctive to me. And every time Matthew it, talks.
1: he Well, he's also, he's a friend of mine. Yeah. So it takes me out of it. Yeah, I sent him a text and I was like, you're, just an annoying raven. Like I, <laughs> and I also said, but I, but I, at the same time, I like you better as a bird. Right. But, um, I, I'm, I'm a fan it, of Patton as well. I see. I see. I didn't know if that was because he's a friend of mine, like a close friend of mine. Cause whenever someone I know is in something, it takes me out of it. It's, it's the reason I waited so long to watch better call Saul, because I've known Bob for fucking 30 right. years. And so I watch him. It, like, it's Bob, but, but, but actually that's one of the rare shows that I can I can sink into and like I don't I I lose Bob yeah. right Bob goes away, Patton as the bird is Patton to me. yes it's a pat there's so something happened with um and look Patton clearly got that because he's been a fucking huge comic book guy and you know game you know fan of Neil's and all that shit yeah. for years, but this happened years ago. There used to be professional voiceover actors. Yes. And when you heard their voice, you didn't think, "Who the fuck is yeah. that?" or, "Oh, I know who that yeah. is." It's just a character doing a voice and you don't have to think about it or there's no association with anything else. It's and that's what these things should always be. I don't think I don't think that you should cast an actor that has a distinctive voice. It should just be a voiceover actor. That's what. That's their job. Yeah. That's their profession. That's they're good yeah. at. It. Let them do it.
2: Well, you know, I, for years I grew up with the voice of Casey Kasem in lots of different uh, cartoons, but I had no idea what Casey Kasem uh-huh. looked like.
1: That's and that that's was right. fine. Yeah. You know,
2: I recognise variations yeah. of the voice. And look, uh, I'm a big fan of Patton Oswald and and, and probably because I'm yeah. a fan of his and. Uh, that's why it takes me out. But uh, you know, when you when you've been yeah. married to characters for so long, and you're appreciating all the other changes a- each time he speaks, I'm thinking of him in AP Bio for some reason. You know, that's what I'm picturing. <laughs> the
0: The other mild criticism
2: is that personally, I think they. I, I know this was a choice, but I, for me, they did not get Lucifer right. And Lucifer to me should be. Quite acerbic and quite funny, and because Lucifer yeah. is the second most powerful creature in creation, so when yeah. things happen, it should be kind of a little bit amusing it's it's like Superman should never stand there with his hands on his hips flexing because he's right. invulnerable. you know what Superman's doing he's sitting at a cafe with his shoulders hunched because he doesn't have to fucking worry about anything and he's really he's really cool <laughs> he's really casual everything's good and and I yeah. felt like. You know, this is spoilers for anyone who hasn't seen Sandman, but at the end, Lucifer being angry didn't have as much impact for me when Morpheus won that battle. I I thought it would sure. have been so much more delicious if you just saw like a flash of red in the eyes and then just a well-played dream, you know, like, uh, well, right? uh, you know, something really funny and uh, and then just a little hint at the end. You know I'm going to tr- destroy you at some point, but instead yeah. it was two dour people being dour together,
1: and therefore yeah yeah.
2: But that's me being you know a
1: nerd about it. No, you're right. I mean that's it. it probably it, I'm sure it works fine for the audience who's never read, yeah. Man. right yeah. Like now it, it it's fine. But you're right, it it is an odd choice, and I don't know why they Yeah, it would
2: have been fun when Dream turned up to, you know, have with like a, you know, a little wry smile. Oh, you're looking well. (laughs) You know, that kind of reaction. Ah, you know, haven't seen you for a while since you got caught by that mortal. (laughs) You know, and you could kind of lean into a little bit of the... Because everything should be amusing, because Lucifer literally has nothing to worry about other than, you know, the creator. Right, nothing. So, but... Having said that, I'm still it, it could have gone horribly wrong, so I'm having a good time
1: it could have <laughs> it really could have gone horribly wrong, and i that's why I actually waited a while, like it came out and I was like <laughs> do, do, do I want and then I saw a couple of people that I respect being like no i I yeah. like it, it's faithful, it's good it's so yeah, yeah. Hopefully it doesn't go wrong over the rest of the no, well, well.
2: We'll we'll do a follow up podcast on our fury at uh, another thing letting us down. So, <laughs> uh, Dave, thank you so much for being. guest. where can people find you? I'm sure everyone knows where they can find you, but where are you yeah, best found? You know the
1: Dollop podcast. Yeah. Uh, you know on on Twitter at, at Dave Anthony, although I'm I'm uh, in private. Yeah, so. uh, and then I'm uh, on Instagram at Dave. Uh, Jesus, I don't even remember Dave. Dave Anthony comedy, I yep. think. I don't know. Should I know should I know what my uh my name is? On i got to be
2: honest, this is a beautiful flex by I you not to know. I love it.
1: I really don't know. It's oh Dave <laughs> underscore Anthony underscore. Yep. Well you know. uh
2: considering I you asked can where see, you could find see. you, I would I would say probably not there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, you get you can see me talking. Uh, 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 shit about our COVID response and, uh, and, and dog yes yeah, fantastic
2: alright thanks mate say hello to Gareth for us I will do Thank you to Dave for being my guest this week. And, of course, you can find him on the dollop. Uh, That's probably the best place that you can find him. But I love Dave so much, so I was rapt to have him on the podcast. And thank you to Lachlan for being our Patreon subscriber for the episode. I hope you enjoyed this episode, mate. Uh, Next week, there are three Big Squid podcasts dropping. On Monday, it's our new Squidbit mini-podcast, Chitter Chatter. And this time, the fabulous Adam Richard will share with you a little conversation starter to begin your week. Good responses so far. It's only been out roughly 24 hours uh, with the first one with bryden Coverdale, that little eight-minute podcast that dropped, uh, I think, around 6.30 a.m., just waiting for you. So, uh Early reports have been fantastic, and we've got a good one coming this Monday, too. We'll do this for the next few months, and uh, let me know what you think. I I think they're fun. Then on Tuesday, author Garth Jones returns with his Past the Amel segment. This time, we're discussing his new book, Homebrewed Vampire Bullets. That's a fun chat. Uh, There's some uh, audio that you get to listen to and uh, give you a real taste of where he's going with his work. And if you've been into all the exploitation side of things, this is just dripping with it. Uh, Then on Thursday, musician Nick Kennedy makes his Big Squid debut. He's talking about his upcoming tour with the Imperial Broads, what it's like to play live music in the current climate and the the approach to the creative process. Uh, it's, a, it's a really fun chat, and uh, I really like Nick, so I think you'll really enjoy this as well. It's a big week. That's right. When uh, Big Squid comes back from hiatus, it gets to work. We're getting to work. I think you'll love these episodes. I really enjoyed recording them. Uh, let's finish today with a quote from Simone de Beauvoir. Let's finish today with a quote from Simone de Beauvoir, who is an existentialist, and it feels appropriate that we would finish with something existential after a Dave Anthony podcast. Simone said, Defending the truth is not something one does out of a sense of duty or to allay guilt complexes, but is a reward in itself. Until then.